the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. podcast and uh, it's me nick digilio and we are on the radio misfits podcast network thank you so much for listening thank you so much for subscribing please tell your friends and your mom and your uncle and uh, whatever uh we would love you to be a part of the nick d podcast uh you can leave us a voicemail message anytime you want we play them we listen to them all that cool stuff thank you for your feedback do it now voicemail 773-417-6948 drop us an email uh anytime you want to it's nickdpodcast at gmail.com uh, coming up on uh, episode number 29 on this Tuesday, our good friend Dan Feinberg is, uh, is going to join us from the Hollywood Reporter, TV critic, and uh, great writer. The Fine Print is his website and his journal, F-I-E-N, The Fine Print. We talk about TV, lots of TV to talk about with uh, Dan as we do every uh, other week. My good friend Esmeralda Leon, who joins me on every show, always have a great time. We're going to be talking about some unsolved crimes, some scary, weird, unsolved crimes. If you want to solve them, Esmeralda and I will put on our Esmeralda's uh, Productions gear and get to work on those unsolved crimes. And it's Tuesday, and that means my dad tells a joke. So my dad, Nick, 80 years old, loves to tell jokes, and we have him on uh, every Tuesday's podcast to tell a joke. So my dad's going to do that as well. My thanks to everybody over at the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, my buddy Ed and everybody, um, and uh, Jason Skaggs out of Houston, who did the theme song you just heard and any music and uh, noise and things like that you, that you hear on the podcast. And also, please uh, spread the word, radiomisfits.com. Check us out, uh, rate, review us on every platform uh, through the Nick D podcast and more. So we'll uh, get to Dan Feinberg uh, in a moment. Uh, and also, I mean, we can't go without Hi, this. I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. Lots of people do. Gina does. She sent an email, and again, anytime you want to send an email, we'll read them and check them out. Some of them we read on the podcast itself, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. She says, first, I love hearing you, Esmeralda Leon, Tom Hush. Well, Tom Hush doesn't really join us, but uh, his good friend, Slap Slapley, the British uh, game show host, does. Uh, Jim Ryan, Tom Appel, your dad again. Um, I grew up listening to Late Night Radio on WGN from Eddie Schwartz to Stephen Johnny to you. I have not lived in the Chicago area since 2000, but I would listen to your podcasts. I stopped listening to the overnight podcasts and shows since you were fired. I don't listen anymore. Good for you, because you shouldn't. Uh, that's me saying that, obviously. And I've been listening uh, since you were uh, with Roy Leonard during the Roy Leonard days, and I was a huge fan of Roy Leonard. Second, my husband and I became parents late in life. Um, we were always 20-plus years older than the other parents in the preschool, in our kids' preschool, and therefore we always felt old when we were often mistaken for the kids' grandparents. This feeling of being old persists to this day. My kids had an 80s day at their school this week. My kids told me and my husband that we were the only parents in their classes that were alive in the 80s. My husband's a baby boomer, and I'm a Gen, Gen Xer. 
uh, I, I thought of this when you were talking about how you how when you first felt old. Uh, I am so glad that you are quote unquote back on the air again. You were very much missed, and that's Gina. Uh, yeah, I was talking about feeling old uh, for the very first time, and that certainly is right there. They were the only parents who were around in the '80s. Wow. See, that's the kind of fun uh, emails and voicemails and stuff that we get here at the Nick D Podcast. So please be a part of that. All right, Dan Feinberg, he is the best. He is uh, a TV critic. Lots of new TV to talk about, uh, some reviews, some stuff that I watched, some stuff that he watched, and we're going to talk all about it as soon as we listen to this, welcoming you to another edition of the Nick D Podcast. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jagoff. Dan Feinberg joins us uh, every couple of weeks here on the Nick D podcast to discuss all things television related. Uh, Dan Feinberg writes for The Hollywood Reporter. You can check him out there and also at The Fine Print, F-I-E-N, The Fine Print. Uh, so uh, there we go. Let's say hello to Dan Feinberg. Hi, Dan. What up, Nick? How are you, buddy? I'm good. I can tell that my theme song always goes on a little bit longer than you expect it to musically. It always goes on a little longer than I expect it to go also. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the, the guy who, uh, who did the theme, who does all the music themes for me, Jason Skaggs, the incredible, uh, talented Jason Skaggs, uh, wants to make sure that we have enough. And, uh, you know, I could have cut it off. I have that, po- I have that power. So it's, it was my own fault for not cutting it off. Oh, no, no, no. You, you, the, the music is too good to cut yeah, off. I, I, I understand why you want to let every second of it go. And I also like to let every second of this play, too. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. That's right. So anyway. it's just It should be a loop. <laughs> oh, as far as I'm concerned, it is in my head 24 hours a day. I think um, so, I think some it, week when you when you've been on for long enough that you're ready to feel like you want a couple of days off an entire episode of Carrie Russell on a loop <laughs> would be would really yeah. be what the subscribers are listening for. I think so. I think Hi, they want I'm Carrie hear... Russell and I love Nick's show for about 90 minutes straight. I think that would work out well. Uh, hey, you know what? You know, you know what I just realized? And, and, and I'm an idiot. It, should I should I introduce you as Daniel Feinberg? Because. Your byline is Daniel Feinberg. Whenever I look at you on the internets and all that stuff, it's always Daniel Feinberg. Am I a jerk for all these years just calling you Dan and introducing you oh, as have, Dan? Oh, certainly not. No, no, no. It's, uh, it, is, it is, I would say, people who know me more frequently than not call me Dan. I definitely think that my parents call me Daniel. Uh, so ah, there's that. No, right. it's it's just it's just about professionalism in the byline. There was also an extended period of time where in print I was Daniel J. Feinberg. That was yeah. that was the extra bit of formality ah. that no longer exists. Okay. So 
there's no there's no explanation for it but yes daniel feinberg as a professional appellation but dan is just what folks call me good i just wanted to make sure i wasn't like you know being a jerk for not referring to you as how you wanted to be referred to no not at all not at all what's the j for uh the j is for james James Daniel James Feinberg. That's a fine name, my friend. It is. It is a regal name, and it, it uh, has always allowed me to use DJ when I'm mixing it up in the clubs. <laughs> my middle initial is J as well. So, and what is your name. middle name, Nick? Uh, it's John Nicholas John okay. Gilio. I always knew I was in trouble, and this is an old comedy bit, but it's true. I always knew I was in trouble when my mother would say Nicholas John. I always knew there was something going on, and it wasn't it, good. Not a thing I've ever had to experience, but on the other hand, the, my, my sort of version of that is that I had an Italian teachers in high school who called me Danny. They were the only people who I've ever allowed to call me Danny, but Italian teachers in high school totally got away with calling me Danny for no reason in particular. <laughs> so, Well, you know, coming from, uh, you know, the, the Italian side, I'm half Italian, half Irish, uh, and uh, so I heard Nikki a lot when I was growing up. Uh, and, and I stopped and I was like, right around 12 or 13, I'm like, stop now. Uh, but there are still family members, especially on my Italian side. They like to do the, uh, the why thing, Danny, Nikki, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm sorry to racially stereotype, you know, ethnically stereotype a whole group of people, but uh, the Italian side, at least on my end, it's all Nikki, Hey, Nikki, you know, so. Anyway. Nothing, nothing wrong with a little endearment. I assume they only mean it in the best and most yes. kindly of ways. Yes, I, you know, see personally, I, you know, like like you, you go professionally by, you know, your byline is Daniel, uh, and I personally, I prefer Nicholas. I happen to love my huh. full name. I love okay. Nicholas. I love it. Uh, but it's too late now. You know, I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing this for over thirty five years, and I'm Nick, and it's the Nick D podcast, and. Uh, so it's too late now, but I prefer Nicholas. And the only people who have ever called me Nicholas, oddly enough, are the two women that I've divorced. So that's, <laughs> not sure what that means. Sure what A, that draw means. whatever conclusions you want from that. <laughs> B, what, what I'm going to say is you had this whole reinvention a couple months ago where you launched the podcast. I you did. You launched you however you wanted to. Yeah. Well, and you, you, you missed the opportunity. I did, but I did want to bring along the people who knew me. You know what I mean? And the people who knew me knew me as Nick D. So, uh, you know. I, under- I understand. I didn't want to start all over considering, you know, I had a rough go of it for about a year and a half. I wanted to make it a little bit easier for me to get back into things. So, you know. I, still, uh, though, now, I, think you, I think you should start gradually bit by bit. Just having getting people, people call used me. to Nicholas. Well, we do a bit. Uh, Esmeralda, uh, uh, Leon and I do a, do a bit now where we, we're known as Esmeralda's Productions. Okay. Because we have, you know, she's now, her nickname is now Esma. And um, I was making fun years ago. I started making fun of Topher Grace because his name is Christopher, but he goes by Topher. <laughs> and I always thought that that was kind of an asshole thing to do. So I was like, well, from now on, you know, call me Olus. If he wants to go by Topher, I'm from now on, I'm Olus. Because I always thought it was kind of idiotic that he went by Topher instead of Chris. So. And the rest was very, very, very limitedly history. <laughs> right. Well, let's get into it. TV talk. Uh, let me uh, bring up a couple of things really quickly. I don't know if I've laughed harder, uh, certainly this season, at an episode of Atlanta than the last one. Um, I, I just, uh, I, and most of it is due to uh, 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 Brian Terry Henry, who's particularly hilarious in, the, uh, in that episode. Um, 
I, I just thought la- I thought last week's episode of Atlanta was it was great as usual because it's amazing, but also just like flat out, I laughed harder at that episode than any episode this season. I laughed very hard. I um I have to admit there was probably about. 30 seconds where I didn't get the Central Park five joke at the top of the episode where (laughs) I sort of had to backtrack in my mind to what I had just seen and like, Oh, 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 okay. I I see what they did there, but no, I thought it was a very good episode. I, in this case also, (laughs) just like last week, I preferred the week before's episode. I, I thought that the, the sort of, uh, homicide or Brooklyn Nine Nine style interrogation <laughs> well, yeah. episode was and that rather guy, brilliant. Who, who is that guy? Who is? The, I don't know. Oh, he's so good. It's, it, the song was great. Everything about it was great. The, oh, the, the song, whole for people the who song seen was it. so good, and it just oh. sne- and it sneaks up on you because you you kind of knew it was going to be good, whatever it was. He didn't right. sing. He didn't send for his guitar to not be awesome, <laughs> but right. but still in all. <laughs> The mystery of who took and why did he take Paperboy's phone? Oh my God, so good! Uh, and another stellar season, just a stellar season. And there's a moment in the last episode where um, uh, Donald Glover and uh, and Zazie Beetz are kissing, and he asks her a question, which you know, oddly, you know, is in the back of your mind. You know what I mean? While you're <laughs> when you're when you're watching what happens in the hotel lobby. And the fact that he like scammed a room from that, I loved that whole thing. Uh, but then when he asked her that question, uh, and then like they kiss, I don't know. I just thought that was like one of the one of my one of the, one of my favorite moments of uh, of the season so far. No, it was it was terrific, and I also loved the uh, I also loved the what was I? Like, this can be edited, right? If uh, if no, the we're good. You can keep just keep going. We're good. That's all right. Okay, I, I just the, um, the ambulance have, is about to attack my apartment. So. No, I get that's okay. I get. I listen every once in a while. Uh, I live right near an elevated train here, <laughs> so my subscribers are used to noise outside and elevated trains going by. So an Perfect. ambulance coming by is fine. We're, we're we're fine. Keep going. Excellent. Go um, yeah. No. So I was gonna say I, th- I thought the stuff with the Nigerian restaurant was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. Yeah. No. I th- I thought it was. I thought these two were two terrific episodes in a row. Um, and. The, the season's coming towards an end. I, I don't know. I, know. I don't know what to do with that. I don't I know. know what well, to do with all of these ridiculously short seasons. Enough of it already. I know. Well, last night, uh, uh, if you want to uh, lie a little bit, last night I, I, I cried during the uh, finale <laughs> of Better Things, uh, which really isn't isn't going to start in two and a half hours. No, uh, I've already seen it. Um, but that's something I mean, but, you know, obviously we're taping on a Monday and we're a couple of hours away from the series finale of Better Things and uh, I'm going to lose it. Uh, I, I look I look forward to hearing the report of your of your tears. It is a yeah. great finale. I rewatched it uh, last week because this week's TV's top five podcast. We have a bonus episode, uh, 80 minutes with Pamela Adlon oh. just just goofing off for a solid 80 minutes it is terrific uh oh. uh she kept getting texts texts during the interview and they kept binging and we decided to keep it in cuz it was just too silly not to keep it in right sure. uh, it is just it like is we're going to just like we're keeping the ambulance in <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly it is a it is a great conversation and so i recommend people check oh. that out after they've watched the finale uh, and after they've cleared the tears off of their faces i would love to have Pamela Adlon on this very podcast um i just i worship her i think she's so great no Um, she is she is she is the best and better things is among the best and it is a great and satisfying finale and uh, 
Yeah. Fortunately, there are still plenty of, of well, good new shows that are still premiering. Okay, well, let's speaking of good shows, <laughs> and uh, how about the long-awaited, for me at least, I was been waiting for almost three years about, for the return of Barry, uh, uh, Bill Hader's fantastic uh, hitman actor-slash-comedy um, on HBO. Uh, I watched the first episode uh, uh, the night before last, <laughs> not last night. Um, and, uh, absolutely loved it. Um, and it continues to just be great. I read your, uh, your piece in the fine print. You've seen the first six episodes. Tell me how, 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 how is Barry for you? Uh, Barry is very good for me. I started watching the new season premiere, watched like five minutes, realized I had no memory at all of what had happened at the end of last season and went back and rewatched the episodes. And it was a good way to to recalibrate kind of how I look at that show, because, you know, sometimes if major plot points of a show don't stick in your head at all, that feels like a negative. But no, I, I went back, I rewatched um, all of the episodes after Ronnie Lilly, because I had watched Ronnie Lilly three or yeah. four times when it uh, premiered. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched it probably, I've watched that episode probably 20 times. Uh, yeah, I did. I didn't need to see it again. I knew everything yeah. that happened. I knew what it <laughs> yeah. was. Uh, yeah. But but rewatching the audition, which was the penultimate episode, which I think was fantastic, and then resituating with the things that happened in the finale, um, it, it was just a good way to be reminded, but also to be reminded of how unnecessary those things are. Like, you don't need to care what's happening with the Chechens and the Bolivians because all that matters is that Noho Hank is back in some capacity. (laughs) Um, You don't need to remember exactly what happened or what the most recent auditions were that Sally and Barry had because all that matters is it's still Hollywood and Hollywood is still horrible and hollow. And I I really like this season's storyline with Sally and with the the Netflix-esque streaming service that has her her new show and yes you could probably if you wanted to stop and ponder how she got that show but you know realism is is only sort of what the show is about and i do think that this season is my favorite use of sarah goldberg thus far uh you know i've never thought she was a weak spot in the show by any means but i i think that she is fantastic this season and really the the fourth and fifth episodes of the season are tremendous and i think the sixth episode is maybe not quite Ronnie Lilly, but it it might be one of the very better episodes that the show has ever done. And all I will say is it features a uh, hilarious cameo from an actress who I know who you like. I know you like very much. That is all I will. I I saw that you were teasing that or you're not allowed to say HBO is (laughs) HBO is putting the kibosh on people saying who this cameo is uh, is actually by. And, um, Indeed, it is, but it is someone you like and someone who's very funny, and there's absolutely no reason at all why they should be keeping it a secret. But if they want to, whatever, it's fine. I don't care. I can, okay. I can abide by their rules. Well, uh, having only seen the first episode, you've seen six. I do have to say that I loved uh, the first episode. There was stuff in it. I, I you know, I mean, uh, Anthony uh, Kerrigan is so unbelievably funny as Noho Hank, and I don't know where Alec Berg and Hader came up with this character. Um, but I'm happy that they did, and I'm thrilled that this guy plays him to the hilt, and he's such a unique and crazy character. Um, I mean, in the first in the first episode when he says, one of my favorite lines in the entire episode was, uh, it's like that line from, when he says it's like that line from Shawshank Redemption, uh, get rich or die trying, uh, yep. which is one of my favorite <laughs> I mean, I, I probably laughed for five minutes uh, after he said that line. 
Um, that is that is such a clear example of a character who there is no way that the writers thought they were still going to be dealing with in season three. There's just no chance they thought yeah. that character was going to survive until the third season of the show. Yeah, and yet yeah. there he is, because why would you want to get rid of him? You you yeah. want to have you want to have him popping up and stealing three or four scenes per episode. And I'm glad he still gets to do that. And, uh, you know, other uh, great uh, additions and cast members, uh, uh, Darcy Carden, who. Um, you know, is is so amazing, and everybody loved her. And who didn't love her uh, on The Good Place? Um, and God, Elizabeth Perkins, how great is it to see her back? Um, and I know that, like, I, you know, the first episode is only kind of a tease as to what happens with her and how they use her through the season because you've seen six episodes, and I'm assuming there's more Elizabeth Perkins to be loved. There, there is more. It's not. I, it does not become a full fledged ongoing supporting role but there is mm. definitely there is definitely more of her this season and she is definitely not the actress who i was referring to who i know you love who will be back in the episode oh, right. in the sixth episode right no 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 i know i know well, i know I'm, ju- I'm just te- i'm just teasing i, I like to okay. i like to make sure that, that uh, there's entirely right. too much expectations because it's really <laughs> one scene with this actress but it's extremely funny and you will laugh a lot Okay. All right, man, you're killing me now. Now I got to wait five. I got to wait five weeks now. You're killing me. It's a long time. Uh, oh God. Unless I stop recording right now and you tell me off the air. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, so Barry is back and it's awesome and it continues. So uh, all six episodes that you've seen, how many episodes total in the, in the season? <sighs> I can't remember if this one is eight or 10. Uh, there's no more standardization on television anymore. And so it's almost like it surprises you whenever any show comes to an end. And it's, yeah. uh, it's a very strange thing about today's TV landscape is there is just no, uh, there's no consistency. And also there's no justification because uh-huh. for example, there's absolutely no reason why Paramount Plus's the offer needs to be 10 episodes. And yet other shows okay. only Get to be I was I was going to ask you about the <laughs> offer. That was one of the things I jotted down. The offer, which is this mini series about the making of uh, the Godfather, um, uh, which uh, I I I'm already kind of turned off by it because I, the trailers look a little shaky to me, um, and I am not just as an understatement. This is an understatement. I am not at all the biggest fan of uh, Dan Fogler ever. <laughs> Um, uh, and I, I just sat through that last, uh, Dumbledore movie, uh, (laughs) and I can't, I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, seeing this guy try to play Coppola without putting my foot through the screen, but, uh, uh, the offer, I mean, I know a lot of people, are you, is there an embargo? Can you not talk about it? I know I can, I can talk about my review will be up on THR. Uh, it's already been up on THR (laughs) this morning since it's Tuesday, Tuesday morning. It's up. Okay. All right. (laughs) But Um, the embargo, the embargo was last week anyway, so I can talk about it. All right. Well, let's, let's hear it. Paramount plus, uh, the offer about uh, the miniseries about the making of uh, the Godfather. What'd you think? Well, first thing I will say is that Dan Fogler is absolutely one of the better parts of the miniseries. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> and and uh, and you can take that with as many full <laughs> shakers of salt as you would like to. Um, it is, I would say, it is thoroughly watchably awful. Is what is what oh, I would say is that okay. I watch a lot of things that are are unwatchably awful and where i would tell people look there's absolutely no point you will have no fun with this it will just cause you pain whatever um 
I was mostly loosely entertained by the 10 episodes of this while at the same time feeling like just about every episode of it and every aspect of it was fairly dreadful. Um, It is, as I said in the intro to my review, the whole story slash narrative slash lore of The Godfather is that it was this pulp novel that Francis Ford Coppola turned into into literature, turned into prestige, turned into quality. This takes a prestige literary movie and turns it into schlock. And that is what it is. It has no identifiable visual style. It has no identifiable voice. Some of the time it's trying to be sort of a silly comedy in the in the vein of the disaster artist, but stretched out for 10 hours. So... Uh, I don't know your feelings about the disaster artist or if you would have wanted to watch 10 hours of it, but I, I thought you know. 90 minutes was enough. Um, well, I think probably I, and I, the- I, was, I was fine with it. I think the disaster artist is very entertaining, um, but 90 minutes is fine. <laughs> yeah, this would have been just fine at 90 minutes. And there's also uh, um, God, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say there. It is <laughs> it just look, it's. Al Ruddy's story for no reason in particular, which is okay. already a somewhat strange thing. Al Ruddy, of course, uh, produced the movie and, you know, did win an Oscar for it. And if you go back and watch the 1973 Oscars and you see Clint Eastwood present the Best Picture Award, he presents it to Al Ruddy in a horrible tuxedo. And uh, and Al Ruddy makes a speech where he does not thank Francis Ford Coppola at all. So, you know, that's, mm-hmm. it is the true story. Mm-hmm. Um, but played by Miles Teller, played by Miles Teller, who stepped in for Army Hammer because Hollywood is a place in which the same person could apparently, the same real person could apparently be played by either Army Hammer or <laughs> Miles Teller. <laughs> Six of one, know, half dozen of the other. Because, you know, they're so interchangeable. When I... <laughs> they are basically the same person. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, suggest that it would have been any better or worse if it had been Army Hammer as opposed to Miles Teller. Miles Teller is a negligible premise presence here, but he also is one of the people who isn't being a cartoon so that's almost why dan fogler is as good as he is is because he kind of plays francis ford coppola i mean it's a little bit humorous but it it's virtually shtick free and and that's a tremendous relief because there is so much shtick everywhere you have matthew good who is a a great actor uh who is horrible physical casting as robert evans they look nothing alike. Robert Evans, not a tall man. Uh, Matthew Good, distinctly lanky and tall. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wonder if he was cast in a context in which he was going to be standing next to Army Hammer the entire time. And because Army Hammer's a giant, it was <laughs> right, going right. to make him seem less gigantic. Uh-huh. But instead, he's standing next to Miles Teller, who's a normal sized human. He's not, you know, he's yeah. not Tom Cruise short, but he's just normal. Right. Uh, but, he, but Matthew Good does decent job of evoking some of the things that are amusing about Robert Evans. So that's a fine performance, but the number of bad performances, uh, you have Giovanni Ribisi as gangster Joe Colombo, who tried to shut the movie down. It's a horrible performance. It is a, it, it, like I compare it to dinner theater version of sling blade, um, oh my and God. which, which is not, you know, a good thing in case no. anyone was 
curious if I was <laughs> implying that I would really love to watch a dinner theater production of Sling Blade. I, I would, in fact, <laughs> not. Um, so, yeah, he's he's dreadful. Um, and God, I'm trying to think of who's worse. You have Justin Chambers as uh, Marlon Brando. People will know Justin Chambers from some things, but the chasm of charisma between Justin Chambers and Marlon Brando is vast and it mm. is a silly impression. You, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of people playing cartoonish versions of real people. And then you have people kind of reciting a Wikipedia page for the Godfather. So mm. yeah, it's, it's not good, but on the other hand, I chuckled sometimes, sometimes the things that irritated me, I found funny. So yay uh but mm -hmm. yeah it, it just is it low, so, lower your expectations thoroughly I, my my expectations were not high in the first place i'm I, you know i was just going to give it a look just out of curiosity is uh paramount plus uh streaming it in, in like one episode here two episodes there a week do we know how that's going to be uh, i think it is i think it's a few up front and then and then weekly after that okay. um so i'm not sure how it goes but yeah, the the good part is that uh, the Godfather hasn't been available on streaming in a little while at least, at least, and it is arriving on Paramount Plus. So at least if people want to, they can actually watch the original movie and the sequel. Okay. And so. it coincides with the fiftieth anniversary. It does, um, uh, and uh, you know, and so that is obviously why this is coming out, and it's also why they uh, have been developing a more Francis Ford Coppola centric movie version with Oscar Isaac in mm -hmm. the main role, which seems significantly, well, significantly more complimentary to be sure, if nothing sure. else. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, well, the offer, yeah. uh, when does it actually, uh, start April 24th? Thursday. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, no, because yeah. Okay. Thursday, which would not be the 24th. Cause that was a couple of days ago. Uh, uh, trust me. I have no clue what I, day of the yeah, week. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> anything is anymore. <laughs> all right. So it'll uh, debut on Thursday on Paramount plus. That's the offer. Have you seen, I love this for you. I have not yet, but it is on my list for the next couple days. So okay. eventually, I hope to get to it. But okay. I, um, I, I am. I know. I, I know I, you are looking forward. <laughs> well, Jesus Christ! I mean, Vanessa Bear and Molly Shannon in the same thing was this? I'm, I think the people made it specifically for me. Um, and uh, I know it's based on uh, like what what happened to uh, to Vanessa Bear in, in real life. Um, based on her, on, you know, on like a true, on a true story that uh, actually happened to her. Uh, and I don't have Showtime, um, but I'm, I'm subscribing to Showtime uh, just for the month. Just, I just, mean, uh, I don't, yeah. <laughs> that would be a reason to, and, and you might be amused by uh, the new, the man who wasn't there. Um, I, yeah. I think it's. You know, it's it's got things about it that I think are really, really good. I think Chiwetel Ejiofor is fantastic. You mean the man who fell to earth. Man who fell to yes, earth. Yes, yes. The man you who wasn't the... there is the Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, or or the 3D movie from the 80s with uh, Steve Gutenberg, if you want to go that far. Phew, okay, you, so there's you, also you, that. There's you, also the man who knew too much. There's right. also the man who knew too little. Right. None of these are the movies I'm talking about. I'm talking about the man who <laughs> fell to earth, and that is what I am talking about. Uh, okay, well, tell us about that since we brought that up. But I, <laughs> but, but I love this for you as a comedy with Molly Shannon and uh, and uh, Vanessa Bear, two of my favorite uh, funny women on the play. By the way, I saw Molly Shannon at, at, uh, at an evening with Molly Shannon here in Chicago. Uh, which was the Q&A was conducted by uh, Tim Meadows. And to say it was one of the best hours I've spent in a theater ever is an understatement. I, it, she was promoting her fantastic memoir, 
Hello Molly, which I finished a few days ago, which is fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Um, but anyway, I love this for you is on Showtime. Uh, and it debuts, I believe, at the end of the month. Um, and I'm very excited about it. But Showtime has also got uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth. And uh, uh, how much how much of this does this have to do with the... Do you have to have seen the Bowie film or anything? You do not have to have seen the Bowie film or have read the Walter Tevis novel. Uh, definitely there are connections between them. Uh, you have Bill Nye playing the character played by David Bowie in the movie, but in certain very specific contexts, not going to spoil those contexts, but you know, basically all you need to know is that in the movie, uh, spaceman came down to earth because his planet was dying and he used alien technology to establish patents, make money and nothing else is really relevant. So the series begins with another alien from the same planet played by Chiwetel Ejiofor coming down to Earth. Uh, the situation on his planet has now gotten dire and he needs the help of a a former fusion physicist, uh, scientist-y thing played by no Naomi Harris to basically make something that will save his world, but also save our world. Um, and it's a really, really funny performance from Chiwetel Ejiofor. I'm I'm not sure when I last saw him be funny. I mean, he's I was just thinking, been I don't, funny. I don't, uh, I don't associate comedy with that gentleman. <laughs> if you go, if you go back to something like Kinky Boots, which of course was 25 years ago now. I mean, it's a zillion right. years ago. But when he right. did Kinky Boots, that is a physical comedy performance. Okay, so yeah. you know, you you can find the root for him as a comic actor. He is hilarious here. It is a great physical comedy performance. In my review, I compared it what he's doing to uh, the Terminator as played by Buster Keaton. So, wow! Oh man! Okay, because I, I think it's I think it's great physical comedy. I think it's uh, great vocal comedy as well. I think he's fantastic, um, and I think that a lot of the cast around him is very good. So Naomi Harris is good. She's definitely playing a part that is at least somewhat. Um, based well, not based on, but somewhat redolent of Sarah Connor and Terminator. So those were the kind of the things I was putting together in my mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, um, you know, like the actual plot of it is nothing revolutionary. What it's doing in terms of visual style is not revolutionary. The first couple episodes are, are really well directed by Alex Kurtzman, who I don't know that I've ever thought of as a director before. He's certainly directed things, but mm -hmm. he's more of a writer and a producer and it becomes kind of lighter as it goes along. It, I would say that the third and fourth episodes are verging on Spiel, Spielbergy almost because it's, you know, it's a, a friendly alien who's on a mission with his human sidekicks and there are shady government people coming after him. So it's a little bit ET and, uh, it's it's good. It like I would say that you should watch it for Chiwetel Ejiofor, and hopefully the plot keeps you watching beyond that. But is it is the performance that is okay. the right. main thing about well, it? Well, when I when I get my subscription to uh, when I reopen my subscription to, to Showtime uh, for I love this for you, I will also watch uh, the Man Who Fell to Earth. Well, okay, sure. and I assume that that means that you probably haven't watched Yellow Jackets yet. I have not watched Yellow Jackets. Okay, yeah. Add yellow when when you are having your great I'm now subscribed to Showtime binge, you uh -huh. should definitely watch Yellow Jackets also because you will love Melanie Linsky in it and uh you will probably simply like it very much. Yeah. So. I, there's a lot of stuff that I do want to watch when I get Showtime and I'm gonna 
I am going to binge. There's no question about it because there's a bunch of stuff that I had. I'd st- I, I think when I stopped with uh, Showtime, um, it might have been like, because I got, but I specifically got Showtime. I didn't have Showtime for a while, but I specifically got it for Twin Peaks um, for the return. And then I kept it for a while and I got rid of it for, you know, you know, when you lose your job, sometimes you have to get rid of things. And Showtime, sure? Showtime was one of those. Showtime was one of those things, but I want to get it back uh, because of uh, certain things that are happening. And best, basically, I love you. Uh, I love this for you is the number one reason. But yeah, I'm looking forward to watching a bunch of stuff on Showtime uh, when I get it. Okay, the man um, who fell to earth. Now, uh, not that uh, you know, uh, I I can talk specifically about what I watched last night called We Own This City. Um, <laughs> not that I'm waiting with bated breath uh, for uh, it to premiere. Not that you will have been, will have been waiting with bated bated breath. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, we own this city. Uh, what can we say? Uh, the Wire, in my opinion, is uh, the greatest television show in the history of the invention of the television. Um, it is my favorite television show of all time. Whenever David Simon's name is on something, it's good. Uh, it's either good, really good, or absolutely great. Mostly, absolutely great. <laughs> Um, and this is We Own the City, and anytime David Simon's name is on anything, I will watch it, I will love it, but especially if it's about cops, crime, and Baltimore, I'm all over it. Uh, so, We Own the City, it's only six episodes, limited series, you've seen all six, please tell me it's good. Uh, it is good. It is absolutely good. It is especially good as a companion piece for The Wire. There is there is no question that that is what it is designed to be, and this is not one of those things where David Simon is shying away from the connections between them. I mean, he's cast about a third of the cast of the wire and supporting parts here. And it's a lot of, a lot of people who you might even only barely recognize because, you know, he's cast at least one, for example, of the season four kids, you either will or won't recognize him immediately, but if you recognize him, you'll go, Oh my God. Yeah. And there are a few people like that. That's how I feel. That's how, that's how I feel every time to this day. Every time I see Michael B. Jordan, it's, (laughs) it's literally the first thing I think of. (laughs) Where's the boy? Where's the boy string? God. Um, (sighs) But yes. Uh, So, so there's a lot of that. And uh, like of the main characters, most of them aren't actually played by wire veterans, though you do have uh, Jamie, quote unquote, Marlowe, Hector uh, (laughs) playing a detective. Yeah, Uh, you have a couple people like that. The the star of the show, though, is John Bernthal. who is really good here playing the dirtiest cop in Baltimore, which is saying a lot. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. um, And it's, you know, it's based on true stories. So there are lots of references to the, uh, to the Freddie Gray trial and all of that. And, you know, the uprising that followed it. And HBO has had a couple documentaries about the period that have been somewhat coincidentally or amusingly directed by Sonia Son from The Wire. So Mm. she's she's become one of my favorite baltimore area documentarians um but yeah it's there are some strange things about it it covers 20 years and so it involves a lot of jumping around in time in a way that is not the thing that david simon does best and structurally speaking the jumping around in time adds almost nothing to the series and is at times more confusing than it needs to be and you're constantly finding yourself 
thinking, well, okay, this is really good, but I preferred the wire. Okay, now let's think about how those things connect. And sometimes that's a couple extra steps. Uh, mm -hmm. When last I was on the podcast, you talked about your enthusiasm for uh, Treat Williams being in the series. Oh. I can tell you Treat Williams is in two scenes. Oh, no. And uh, that is, it's just important to put everything in perspective. And since you're looking forward to it for other reasons, I don't worry about yeah. you feeling as if, oh God, now you need to check out of it entirely. <laughs> well, On the no. other hand... <laughs> I won't check out entirely, but I do love Treat Williams. I am a, I've been a fan of Treat Williams forever. And, you know, casting him, as we mentioned the last time on the podcast, is clearly a, a, a little tip of the hat to um, Prince of the City, which is one of the greatest uh, uh, corrupt cop movies ever made by the brilliant Sidney Lumet. Uh, and I lo I just love Treat Williams, and uh, he's he's in it briefly, but he's still in it, which is a great thing. So he he is in two scenes in the fifth and sixth episodes. So simply do not think that that is the thing you are watching. And when he pops up, he basically provides exposition for two scenes. So okay. it's it's not the best use of Treat Williams. It's more a symbolic use of Treat Williams in the same way that a lot of the Wire people aren't really being given full characters to play, but you're supposed to go, hey, look, it's that guy from The Wire. Yeah. On The yeah, Wire, yeah. He, was a good, he was a bad cop. Here, right. he's a good lawyer. Hmm, right. what can I do with that? Uh, but okay. there's, okay. there's a lot of that. Okay. But I... I in general, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I just think always if you're going to put something down next to the wire, inevitably it's going to end up looking less than, and this does look less than compared to the wire. It's still a very good six hours of television. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, to compare anything to the wire is, you know, futile as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no, there's there's nothing to be gained from comparing almost anything to the wire. It is it is the very, very, very rare thing in this world that justifies that kind of comparison. And yeah. and this this does it forces the comparison. It's an unavoidable comparison. And yeah, you just accept it's not the wire. OK, well, it's not the wire, but it's still uh, uh, good. So that's how uh, we own the city. Six episodes. Uh, and uh, it, it began last night on Monday. Um, so. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, you talked a, a little bit about the podcast. Uh, one more time, tell us about uh, TV's uh, top five, who you do it with. And the episode that is now available is the one and only the wonderful uh, star of Russian Doll uh, is is uh, interviewed. And But t tell us about uh, TV's top five. Indeed. Uh, TV's top five is uh, Leslie Goldberg and my podcast at The Hollywood Reporter. It is a weekly podcast, comes out every Friday morning, bright and early. And it's us going through the week of television. So it's us breaking down a week of TV's news. Um, and uh, basically, she gives her perspective because she is a fantastic reporter slash journalist and so that is her perspective my perspective is of course more critical and we kind of meet in the middle so last week's podcast for example we talked a lot about the earnings report from netflix and all mm. of that which was yeah. certainly what people were talking about last week and we talked yeah. a lot about the failure of cnn plus and then as you say we talked to natasha leone for 45 minutes oh. uh let me let me tell you, Natasha Leone and Pamela Adlon as back-to-back -back podcast oh, guests. Oh man, I can imagine that is a lot of brilliant 
Jewish raspy voiced multi hyphenates uh, in a row. <laughs> like if you were to put those two on a TV show as any as literally anything, they could be sisters, they could yeah. be mother daughter, they could be yeah. anything you want. Yeah. Partners fighting crime. I don't think anyone would feel bad to have those two um, together. And yeah. Natasha was a great interview. She is she is such a trying to keep track of her is a very very difficult thing because her mind yeah. is absolutely everywhere yeah. and it is very frequently brilliant and she makes one reference after another after another to the things that inspire her and sometimes you can easily see those inspirations and in new seasons of things and other times maybe a little bit more of a stretch but she is uh, she is wonderful. That was a great interview. That was probably about 40 or 45 minutes. It was a, a great conversation. And then, as I said, uh, on uh, Monday night, which has already happened because this is Tuesday, uh, <laughs> right. we will have already posted a bonus, the bonus Pamela Adlon TV's top five, which is just all me and Leslie talking with Pamela Adlon about better things. And mm -hmm. it is a, just a great conversation. Fantastic. Just a lot of fun. Cause she, she is good people. She's been on the podcast before. She was our, our last in-person podcast guest in March of 2020 before something uh, happened that we stopped doing in-person podcasts. I don't know right, what it was, but right. we, we definitely did stop doing that. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Okay. It's a great so it's episode. TV's pop, uh, top five. You can all find all that at, uh, at Hollywood Reporter. And there are links all over the place if you just go to the fine print, F I E N, thefineprint.com. Uh, before I let you go, um, are, are you a Kids in the Hall fan? And um, are you, uh, if you are, are you losing your mind like I am over the return? I am not losing my mind. I am curious. I am hit and miss on Kids in the Hall, honestly, which has always been one of those things uh, that has run foul to my Canadian DNA. Uh, but yeah, I am I am mixed on Kids in the Hall, but I'm absolutely very curious to see what they do. When it comes to sort of sketch troops and whatnot, I, I definitely prefer Mr. Show. Uh, I probably prefer the state, maybe, which I think might be uh, sacrilege i'm not really sure it is yeah it is <laughs> i you know i can i can take it I, i'm not yeah. the biggest fan of the state either but um yeah, yeah. I, but i'm i'm definitely looking forward to it and curious this has okay. been a long time coming it feels like. yeah i i happen to be a i'm one of those kids in the hall uh freaks i i would be the first to admit it i love them i think uh brain candy is one of the greatest films ever made um <laughs> and one of the most sorely underrated films of all time. And I love, I kids in the hall was for me was like a major, major thing uh, for okay, me. Better, better or worse brain candy or Freddie got fingered. Oh, you're killing me now. Oh, Excellent. I've done my job. Here. All right. That's it. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Choose. I refuse to leave until you have chosen. Uh, if a gun was pointed to my head, I'd probably take Freddie get fingered. Um, okay. just be because it's a lot crazier and more, I think it's ballsier than uh, brain candy. No, and I, you, you made a choice and I appreciate whatever the choice was. <laughs> there was, yeah. there was no right or wrong answer here. Thank I just you. wanted to hear which one you were going to give. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, Dan, always a pleasure. It's fantastic. People can check you out at thefineprint.com, F I E N and uh, Hollywood reporter and more stuff coming up. And uh, the next time we talk, we will probably uh, be able to review uh, I Love This For You, uh, I, I believe, the next time we speak. Abs absolutely. And I look forward to hearing all of the stories about how much you cried at the better thing, or how much you will have cried, or how I much, eh, whatever the tense is, how much right. you did have cried watching the better things <laughs> finale. All right. Dan, you're the best. I'll talk to you soon. 
Talk to you later. All right. There you go. Dan Feinberg, uh, who is with The Hollywood Reporter and The Fine Print. He's awesome. You know who else is awesome? Esmeralda Leon. That's who's awesome. Let's hear some Esmeralda Leon music. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Deny both Esmeralda and that damn theme song. Hi, Esma. Hi. You cannot deny the skags, can you? You cannot. <laughs> How are you? Did you have a, a a triumphant weekend? Um, sure. I made meatloaf. Ooh. Oh, I love a good meatloaf. Yeah, I haven't I made do. a meatloaf in a long time. Now, I made a lot of ground beef. And pork, so well there, and you can make a meatloaf out of that. Now, uh, I exactly I, uh, did you make the sort of ketchup tomato based meatloaf or the yes gra- or the brown gravy based meatloaf? No, the ketchup. It was uh the the top was a ketchup honey, uh, brown sugar glaze. Uh, There's something in there. Yeah. Oh yes. I was going to make a gravy just because I made mashed potatoes as well, and then I right. just kind of forgot yeah. and didn't do it. <laughs> See, because I, I, I love all kinds of, of meatloaves. Um, yeah, and I no, make, I enjoy I, a meatloaf. I, I make a killer meatloaf myself, the, the, the tomato-based uh, meatloaf I'm very, very proud of. But yes. I love a good brown gravy meatloaf. I love the brown yeah. gravy uh, meatloaf. Who doesn't not- like gravy? Yeah, come on. Yeah, exactly. True. We put gravy on everything and it tastes better. Exactly. You know what's good with gravy? That's why, have, have you ever been to Jolly Bee? Jolly Bee? No. Yes. Oh, you should You should uh, Is it go a- sometime or order some through whatever ordering thing. It's a Filipino-based fried chicken fast food place. They wow. serve their fried chicken with gravy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. boy! And are there multiple locations? There's one. There's one in Seafood City, which is a Filipino-based oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Asian right market. The yeah, there's one right in off, there. Yeah, right off the Kennedy on Elston. I know there's, exactly. There's one I right love. in there. Okay, cool. Because I love that. But how the hell do I not know about this? If I've been I to that, all right. Well, I'm an idiot. And you can order through Grubhub. I've done it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, you know what? I'll be doing. Uh, well, uh, not like I'll be watching uh, the finale of Better Things uh, tonight because it happened last night because it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's not like I, uh, it's not like I'm uh, preparing to cry my eyes out because the series finale of Pamela Adlon's masterwork Better Things is on tonight. I saw it last night and cried. Yeah, it's the series finale. It's mm-hmm. over, Esmeralda. After tonight, it's over. <laughs> Well, that's you know what I I enjoy when when you know it's over when you know it's like yeah. we're finished we're done we're not doing anymore and, that's it and rather she, than fizzing out or getting can like Zoe when Zoe's uh, 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 extraordinary playlist got canceled mm-hmm. I was like ah! you know I mean I although that you know, didn't that didn't last too long it was it was only two seasons but I mean I, yeah. I, frankly I was surprised it went a second season 
Like when oh, they, when they right. when they announced the second season, I was like, oh, cool, because now it wasn't like a. T- I mean, it didn't bust the ratings, you know, wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and you know, I was just surprised it lasted a second season, but but they did chop it off after the second season. Uh, with a lot, but it was one of those deals where they left a lot of stuff open. I hate when that happens. Like when the show, like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, my so-called life. I could have killed everybody when that got canceled. The and, and well, because Jared, nothing's J- gonna bring it back, you know. No, so. <laughs> no. Jared Leto's lost his goddamn mind. You know what I mean? Like he can't, he can't come back and be Jordan Catalano. I mean, and he's that always would be gonna weird. He's always gonna. Well, yeah, of course it was because he's he's lost his damn mind. He's a loon. No, but it'd be weird. It'd be weird to bring it back now. I oh, don't want to see. I don't no. need to see them. No, 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 no. At this no, stage no, no. in their life. <laughs> no, Angela and Jordan are off together. That's the way I look at it. And uh, so, anyway. But oh, I was so heartbroken when that show got canceled. Holy shit. We have to talk about that sometime. Shows that we were devastated by their cancellation. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. My so called life. God, I love that show so much. Anyway. Um, but yeah, anyway, but I, I enjoyed. I love the idea. How old are you when it when it I was canceled? in my 30s. I was. Uh, uh, <laughs> That was the first show, that show. And, you know, you know, I have this thing where I inside me is the soul of a 15 year old girl. Yeah. Which makes sense as to why you were so heartbroken. Oh, yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. Because you know how I feel about. Well, wait a minute. You know how I. Well, hold on. Wait. Wait a minute. Hold it. Oh, oh. Who could that be? Hi. 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 I'm Carrie Hello? Russell. And oh. I love Nick's show. I know you. Hi. Do. I'm Carrie Russell. All right. And oh. I love Nick's okay, show. Okay. You got to wait outside. We heard you. Okay, thanks. Do you anyway? <laughs> was she just stand? Has she been standing out there for hours waiting for uh, all night? I the right come, moment. I, she I come out. I come outside before I go to bed. I kiss her on the cheek and then I leave her out on the porch. Oh, and then she goes. I'll be out here, honey. <laughs> My favorite That's show is. <laughs> That's it. She just stands. That's all. Stands That's all she can say. My back door, just like that. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, God, that's so horrible. That's so insulting. That's real what a, kind of creepy. What a really <laughs> fucking what a terrible bit for someone that I really adore. Uh, I mean, really. Anyway, so you know I love Felicity. You know I love Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls. You know that I love Pretty Little Liars. There is this thing inside Gossip me. Gossip Girl. Gossip right? Girl. I adore Gossip Girl. There's just Did some you watch weird. The other one? Which? Oh yeah, the the remount. I yeah, I couldn't watch it. No. I couldn't watch it. I tried, and wow. it's just like I, it, it, they, you know. Listen, I want my Chuck Bass. If I don't have, if I don't have B, if I don't have S and B and Chuck Bass, I don't want to. And Dan, I don't want to. Or and Little J, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I, I just don't. I don't. Do you? So you essentially just watch all those shows that used to be on ABC Family? No, no, no. <laughs> WB, WB. No, but what's um? Oh, and Bunheads. I used to watch Bunheads. Pretty right, wasn't Liar. that on Pretty, ABC? Yes, it was. And Pretty Little Liars uh, was also. Uh, they seemed very teen-oriented. Which is now Freeform. It's called Freeform now. There you go. Is that um, your... Yeah. Are you... you <laughs> do you remember the show about cheerleading called... Was it called Wildcats? Yeah, that for, sounds familiar. It was on for one season. I fucking love that show. And I can't remember who the lead was, but I thought she was really funny and really cool and really hot. And so for a while, I was on. To, I was into that show. But the, Did you the watch... Sh- um, the bold, have you watched The Bold Type and Good not, Trouble? No, I have not watched that. These are all in free form, and they're all like young. Yeah. Your 15-year-old self would, would enjoy them. Well, it all started. Girl inside you. It all started with my so-called life, um, and right around the same time, uh, Party of Five. Those were the two that mm, really, that mm-hmm. I jumped into like head first, where like people were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like I was like a, <laughs> a guy in his 30s, like a, you know. Like a str- like a straight guy in his thirties uh, who was obsessed with those two shows, and people were like, 
What? <laughs> so. But also, when you think about it, like who's writing it? Thirty. It's not fifteen-year-old girls. No, no it's not. <laughs> so, no, in fact, you know, the, guy, the guys who created the guys who created Felicity, the two guys who created Felicity, went on to do this year. One of the guys did the new Batman movie. Well, uh, see, there you go. So it's, and it's not the other, that crazy. And the other for guy to be watching these. No, it's not. And the other guy recreated all the Star Wars movies. So that. So they, well, there you go. So anyway. But anyway, how did we get into that? Uh, oh, a canceled shows, which has nothing to do with anything. Yes. Um, uh, but we do have it. I have an email from someone here. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. As you know, we uh, we love to hear from you. Uh, voicemail. Anytime you want to leave a voicemail, please do. We listen to all of them. We play a bunch of them. 773-417-6948. Uh, and uh, if you want to drop us an email, it's nickdpodcast at gmail.com. You have any questions about uh, Esma Ola's productions? Which, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to get to work on that, uh, on, on many of the movies. On that, that movie. On that movie. <laughs> on that one movie that we came up with. I couldn't tell you how to even start to do that. So. I know. I know. <laughs> um, Sarah says, hey, a couple of things to share. You and Esma were talking about her picky cat. Um, because you, your well, cat. he's not no, really picky. Not, he just he doesn't just, eat anything other than cat food. <laughs> he's not really picky. He just doesn't, he, he's not interested in, in uh, human food. food. People food. Treats. Right. Right. If you will. But you and Asma were talking about um, her picky cat. We have three cats. And one of them loves to lick the adhesive side of packing tape. Oh, ah. That seems <laughs> just Dangerous, cats already right? have a rough tongue. Yeah. And then to get it stuck on the tape. Wow. Um, he has literally pulled tape off of unopened packages and lick just to lick the tape. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, uh, Jekyll, he licks plastic bags. Yeah, my parents' cat, Max, does that too. Yeah. Loves plastic bags. Like, chews yeah. on them, licks them. Yeah. Oh, he just licks them, but I think it's to, to get our attention. Because they make noise. Yeah, so yeah. I think he knows that we get bothered by it. So he right. some, somehow has figured that out. Yeah. Cats are assholes. I love them. Um, <laughs> Sarah also says, fun fact, this is because we were talking about, you know, uh, uh, getting old because I was talking about how um, Debbie Gibson is now doing concerts for AARP. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And it says, fun fact, there is no minimum age requirement to join AARP. Really? That's what Sarah says. And it says, well, maybe you, you have to be 18, but I'm not sure. But you definitely do not have to wait until you're 50. Wait a minute. So I can get the discounts? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I can't speak. Well, now I'm going to look it up. <clears throat> I, want, I want my AARP discounts. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe I should take advantage of that. I mean, I'm well into my 50s now. Yeah, I, I don't probably... understand how the the second I can get my senior citizen discount, thank you, please. <laughs> Give me my money. Thank I, you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. And you know I what? I mean, my if coupons. You, when you are that age, you fucking deserve it. You've lived, you know, that life. Hell yeah. You deserve cheap stuff and free stuff. Hell Everything yeah. gets like so much cheaper. You yeah. get uh, CTA discounts. You get at the museums, yeah. yep. dinner. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, my parents. Want my my parents money. for many many years did not go to uh, not go to movies very often. And over the past like ten years or so, uh, my folks and I, you know, have been going to the movies pretty regularly. And you know, mm-hmm. and they it's like four dollars cheaper for uh, for the senior citizens. Yeah. So my yeah. dad will not take advantage. Why? Because he doesn't think he's old. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> he is 77. He's still like, mm, no. I'm not. I'm. You're as young as you feel. And I'm like, right. okay, dude, you got 20 million diseases, bad knees. 
You got 20 okay. million diseases your dad has. He's got everything under diseases. the dang sun. How about this uh, one? But I think yeah. I broke my ass. Does he have that? That's one thing he has not broken. I'm amazed. You think you can get me to a hospital? I think I broke my ass. No. He's not broken yeah, his ass. But still young. Still young. <laughs> Hell yeah. Not I don't an old care. man. Listen, I don't care if people perceive me as old. I want cheap shit. Are you kidding me? Right? Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, anyway, so there's a, a that was a, a lovely thank you, Sarah, for uh, giving us your feedback. And again, Good you tip. can you can it's a great tip. Yeah. Esmeralda, as soon as we're done recording, Esmeralda's gonna be like, All right, uh, AARP, I'm in. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be like, hey, give me my discounts, please. <laughs> Again, send your emails, nickdpodcast at gmail.com, voicemails at seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. Esmeralda, when I play this, mm-hmm. what happens to you? Mm-mm. Nope. Oh. <laughs> no. Nope. No. 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 It's that noise, whatever that is, sounds like a ghost. This like dome, dome, that thing. No, the intro that. That sounds like a go. It's already no, thank you. No, huh? I'm out. Oh, that little in the background. Yeah, th- no, that beginning, that. Uh huh. All right. Whatever, whatever instrument makes. That I would noise. imagine that's a synthesizer. That would be my All guess. All right. Well. Well, we're anyway, using it for th- evil. That's. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, that of course is the theme to the fantastic. Unsolved Mysteries, which is a, mm. a, a legendary syndicated show uh, starring Robert Stack. And that is truly, I think, one of the greatest uh, TV music themes of all time. It's I, great, but frightening as hell. But it freaks you out. I, I, it I, does. I remember I remember years ago when I played it on, uh, on, on the overnight show there on GN when you were in your hut. And again, maybe it was because you were alone in your hut. Now you're home in your closet. Maybe it'll be better. Yeah, that still doesn't help. No, it doesn't help. <laughs> Uh, Esmeralda would be in the traffic <sighs> hut at the old WGN studios in the traffic hut, and I would play sometimes the un- the unsolved mystery theme, and you would completely freak out. Oh, I can't. It's so gross. And for some reason, when I would watch, because I would, you know, you do things that aren't necessary, that are scary or whatever when you're a kid. Sure. I would watch unsolved mysteries in the dark. Like, why? <laughs> uh, I should have had well, all the lights. And then, yeah, I scared myself. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, well, I, we're going to hear that theme a few more times, Esmeralda. I'm sorry Great. to say. Great. Uh, but it Fantastic. is one of the greatest. It's one of the greatest themes ever. And the show was classic. Um, and, you know, it was great because it revitalized. It kind of revitalized the career of Robert Stack, who was really? the original host. Yeah, because Robert Stack, uh, best known for uh, being on The Untouchables. Um, um, real quick. Yeah. At least according to Wikipedia, the pilot episode was hosted by Raymond Burr. Ah, uh, see, that does not surprise me because there was that Raymond Burr was the pilot, but then Robert Robert Stack became the the main yeah. guy associated with they, it. They they hired him to do like specials or whatever, but yeah, then he became the full time host. But yeah, Raymond Burr was the Raymond Burr. Pi- the for the pilot episode. Sure, sure. Hire the guy from Rear Window who you witness murdering his wife. Hire hire that guy. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but no, Robert Stack was best known <clears throat> as Elliot Ness from mm-hmm. The Untouchables. And then, like, what brought you know what brought him back? You know what actually brought him back to the public eye and you know got him more more gigs, right? What's that? Airplane. 
Oh, true. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and I when they forgot when, about him in that. When, when the Zookers put him in airplane, he was just like the old. He was like that old dude from the reruns of Untouchables. As were a lot of people from that from that movie. Like Lloyd Bridges was just the old guy from Sea Hunt at that time. And so, you know, so the Zookers put all those guys in in that movie, in those like Leslie Nielsen. Nobody knew Leslie Nielsen. He was the captain in Poseidon Adventure, you know. And then suddenly all of these people, because the movie was so funny and so good, they got like a second leg of their career. And Robert Stack suddenly was in demand after because he's hilarious in Airplane. And it's interesting that even though we've, you've, we saw him in this revitalization to be in like a funny movie and then he goes and do this and it in no way stopped him from, from being frightening, <laughs> at least to me. Because, you know, you think, like, oh, he was in this funny movie. This is, yeah. oh, look at him. He's silly. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Robert Stack was perfect, perfect you, host for this show. <laughs> you know what else Robert Stack is great in? If you, if you want to go back and watch Robert Stack. And this was about six months. This movie came out about six months before Airplane. Came out Christmas of 1979. Airplane came out summer of 80. Mm-hmm. Um, but go back and watch what, what I think is one of Spielberg's best movies, Steven Spielberg's best movies. I fucking love 1941, um, which is a movie that I love. Um, yeah, Robert uh, Zemeckis and Bob Gale wrote it, which is one of the reasons why I love it so much. And Robert Stack is fantastic in it. If you if you've ever seen just watching Robert Stack cry while watching Dumbo in a movie theater is beautiful. Just that alone is fantastic. And he's done a ton of work. You know who he works who he worked with the most before he passed uh, was he worked he did voice work on almost everything Mike Judge did from like Beavis and Butthead well, through King of the Hill and all that stuff. Uh, well, yeah, because I know, yeah, he did uh, do America. He was the yeah. FBI agent, yep. right? Yep, in, uh, yeah. in, in Do America, yeah. Uh, and by the way, you know they're making another Beavis and Butthead movie. Nice. Oh, I can't wait. It's the greatest. <laughs> it's the greatest. I'm happy to hear that. Oh, please. I, I love everything. How does the, how do they go away? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're but such with, dummies. Like they're the just best. Throw them it, in anything. It's it's genius. It's genius. I love Mike Judge. I think Mike Judge is uh, one of the most talented and gifted satirists that ever lived. Um, I love everything he does. Uh, how how ahead of his time was Idiocracy? You know what I mean? We're living in it now. Right. Oh it's a, yeah. It's a documentary now. Idiocracy was like this crazy uh, 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 crazy science fiction movie. Now it's a documentary now. We're living in it. Um, and like stuff like. Uh, uh, office space when office space first came out bombed mm-hmm. totally bombed now people it's classic. yeah i could see that yeah no yeah it's such a cult it is cult, I mean, even yeah. if, even like a movie like extract which still hasn't really caught on uh people should go back and watch extract with jason bateman uh and uh clifton gonzalez gonzalez or clifton collins jr however you want to mm-hmm. refer to him he's in it bader uh, diedrich bader is in it um really funny movie um and all of the beavis and butthead stuff all of king of the hill uh just you know He's the best. He's the best. But yeah, so the Beavis and Butthead new movie is coming out. Nice. So, well, now, the reason why I, am, I, I played this. <sighs> Season one. Yeah, that part, Mm-mm. right, part, is because. Um, yeah, man, yeah. It's because we have some real unsolved mysteries, Esmeralda. I sent, oh. you, I sent you an article yes. that talks about real unsolved mysteries. Are you, are you ready for some of them? Yes. Okay. Here's the first one. Do you want me to turn off the theme? Is it freaking you out too much? 
a little bit. All right, okay, I'll turn it off. We'll, we'll play. <laughs> we'll play it again a couple more times, if it, as long as it doesn't freak you out. Uh, I, don't, I don't. Okay. All right. Um, the first one, unsolved mysteries. We're going to solve some of these. Esmeralda, you and I, Esma oh, Olis, wow. Esma Olis Detective okay. Agency. That's what we need to open up. The Esma Olis Detective Agency. Sure. I mean, you know, it's going to be an octopus arms of of things that we're going to do. So it's a production company, investigative services, you know. Yeah. Hey, maybe after Elon Musk is done, you and I can buy Twitter. How about- yeah. <laughs> no, you know, you know how people, you know, you have to have all your different side gigs or whatever. That's that's us. Yeah, that's us. Esmo we just got a bunch of. Bunch right. of irons in the coals or the, whatever. Uh, the the Esma Olis Detective Agency are going to solve some unsolved mysteries right now. Yes. Okay, you ready? Who killed Lizzie mm-hmm. Borden's parents? Oh, yeah. we well, Easy. I don't know. It's, <laughs> the name Lizzie Borden is synonymous with murderous maniac, people often glossing over the fact that she was acquitted, and no one else has ever been charged for the murder of Andrew and Abby Borden, and it was well over 100 years later in the case is officially unsolved so then wait a minute so why (laughs) did she kill anybody okay i'm not sure of the details i know the poem lizzie gordon had an she gets a bad rap gave her mother (laughs) 40 wax what was that what is it again she didn't kill anybody like i feel bad for her i don't know if she did or not i all i know is this about lizzie borden i know the poem lizzie or i guess i do Lizzie Borden had an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she seen what she had done, she gave her father 41. That's the... Which is a complete lie. I, and I guess it is a lie. Yeah, she was acquitted. Uh, <laughs> and the only other thing I know about her is that Elizabeth Montgomery from Bewitched played her in a TV movie in the 70s and totally freaked me out. About murdering that didn't happen. About wow. murdering that didn't happen. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad for her. Or, well, you know, the murder did happen. She just didn't do it. I feel terrible for her. Yeah. You imagine that's how you're. That's how people know you now. Forty wax gave Oof. her gave gave her gave her father forty one when she seen what she had done. That's but so yeah, depressing. Elizabeth. Have you ever seen the TV movie with Elizabeth uh, Montgomery? No, I haven't. See Elizabeth Montgomery when I was a when I was a kid. I, I think everybody anybody who watched Bewitched and you were young and maybe impressionable even when you were mm-hmm. or, you know and you were attracted to women, uh, you fell in love with Elizabeth Montgomery on Bewitched. Oh, yeah, she was so cute. Oh, my God. And then I remember it was like, Elizabeth Montgomery is Lizzie Borden. And it was oh one of those boy. deals. You know how when actors or actresses try to break free of, like, you know, the characters or their reputation and they do mm-hmm. something different, you know? So Elizabeth Montgomery was like, oh, she's the cute witch. She was on Bewitched. He, he, who, he. And so she's like, no, I'm going to play an axe murderer, even though Lizzie Borden was never, she was acquitted. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel so, oh, my God. But it's not been solved. We have to find out <laughs> who who really sure. murdered. So that's um, that's case five, there, ca- case number one for Esmolis detectives. Is there DNA evidence that we can look at? <laughs> I'm not uh, really sure. I'm not really is sure. there any evidence that we can look at? <laughs> Uh, if anybody it knows 100 years ago, if anybody knows anything about the Lizzie Borden case, contact contact Esmer Ola's detective agency at 773-417-6948. Wow, I feel so bad for her. <laughs> yeah. Dang. And yeah. huh? Okay. How about this one? <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
I can just hear you moaning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What happened to Representative Hale Boggs? Oh. Boggs was the House Majority Leader in 1972 when he and fellow Representative Nick Begich took off from Anchorage, Alaska. Their Cessna was bound for Juneau, but it never arrived. A massive search failed to turn out anything except for tons of conspiracy theories. I mean, it's it's gone. It's somewhere in the forest. What do you think? I mean, it's in the forest. Somewhere. You know what? Maybe. Right? Remember we were, the last time we were talking about conspiracy theories? You remember uh, somebody said that Amelia Earhart was eaten by giant crabs? Maybe that's what happened here. He got... <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're in <laughs> from Anchorage to Juneau, Alaska, like what is in between forest, right? Yeah. You know, you know, I, I'll tell you uh, who I'll I mean, just because uh, they didn't find it in the forest. I can tell you who's responsible. I have a lead. Big uh, it's I no Sarah Palin. Oh. It's her fault. I blame anything that yeah. happens on Sarah Palin. So Sarah Palin is responsible I for. It. For Hale Buck was well. Here's the question. I don't know. Was he? Here's the question. Maybe. Maybe was he a Democrat? Maybe. Maybe we have a lead. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, Hale Boggs. Um, he was the House. He was the yes. House Majority. He was Wait. a Democrat. I believe. Then I believe our, our our suspect is Republican, uh, 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 Sarah Palin. So I think that's it. Why is this so hard to find? <laughs> Because it's a mystery. You know why? It's an unsolved mystery, Esmeralda. You know oh, yeah. that. He was a Democrat. He was a Democrat. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we have our first... Uh, we have our first... See? Uh, yeah. I mean, what? okay. So if it was... Oh, by the way, somebody has already... They kind of got ahead of us. In oh. 2020, uh, there was a podcast called Missing in Alaska that was uh, to <laughs> set up to investigate wait. the disappearance. Wait, so wait, they kind of got a one-up uh, on us. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> there was a whole podcast dedicated to that? Yeah. I mean, there are podcasts. Because, well, you know, yeah. people love the mystery yeah. shit all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, missing it all. It's a deep dive into the mysterious disappearance of Congressman Hale Boggs and Nick Beckage. Yeah. Why would I be surprised that uh, they're, I'm not, well, I shouldn't be surprised. I shouldn't be surprised by that at all. Oh, two decades later, a murderer and bomber with mafia ties made a startling claim to the FBI. The plane was bombed. Oh. And they're investigating that. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Well, let's keep our eyes peeled as part of the Esma Olas Detective Agency. We need exactly. To, we need to get all the. By the way, we need to subscribe to that podcast right now. Yeah, I'm gonna start. go Bigfoot though. I'm gonna say Bigfoot. You're gonna say it's Bigfoot. Okay, I'll say it's yeah. Sarah Palin. Yeah. You say it's Bigfoot. We'll we're bound to get some sort of uh, some sort of uh, answer. They're now, in is cahoots. There, is there, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. If for some reason Sarah Palin is like, yeah, I hang out with Big Bigfoot, I wouldn't be surprised in the least if that were real. Wouldn't be surprised in the least. Yeah, I mean, um, they, they live near each other. Yeah, and they can, so see why wouldn't they? they can see Russia from their house. Exactly. You know what's really funny is that everybody thought Sarah Palin really said that. 
the, Did the whole. She not? I can, no, Tina Fey did. That it was the SNL. Tina Fey. Oh, okay. yeah, and everybody. Well, because everybody... you think that she did it from whatever she said. Right. No, that was written by Tina Fey. That was a Interesting. Fey. And everybody now, because because Tina Fey did it and became so popular, you know, when she came back to SNL that during that whole uh, election uh, time, um, people now attribute that to an actual quote from. Sarah Palin and she actually interesting. Didn't say it. I mean, Sarah Palin has said a lot of uh, an endless number of stupid shit, uh, mm-hmm. but but not but unfortunately one of them is not. I can see Russia from my house. That was not one. That was not. One. Yeah, unfortunately. But there's plenty more to choose from if you want to look for stupid shit that she said. There's a lot out there. Um, okay. Did you did you see anything here in this article? Some of the uh, unsolved mysteries that freaked you. Um. Well, the one that I've always. And this is, I don't know why its it freaks me out, uh-huh. but is the D.B. Cooper one. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> There's something about, you know what it is? What? It's these, it's these, uh, the drawings. The D.B. Uh, Cooper drawing is so, it just, it's, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Well, it's a it's for those people who don't know, we're looking at this article and with it is sort of an artist rendering drawing of what could be D.B. Cooper, a skinny looking dude with weird, dark sunglasses. But it is a creepy looking sort of uh, sketch. Yes. Uh, But for for people who not know, what's what what does it say here about D.B. Cooper? What do you. So in 71, a guy using the name Dan Cooper took an airline hostage and demanded two hundred thousand dollars and four parachutes. After getting what he asked for, he ordered a course for Mexico, but then he parachuted off the plane and disappeared forever. Okay. Which, um, so nobody died, nobody anything. He just robbed a plane and jumped out and disappeared. And But for some reason, and it's kind of the same thing, it's along the lines, creepy to me, as the WGN taking over the airwaves. I don't know why. <laughs> or, well, no, you mean... Uh... Max Headroom. Max Headroom, yeah. Taking yeah. over the, the airwaves on WGN for like the, the 30 seconds that it happened. Nothing right. happened afterwards, but for some reason it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Well, and also I remember playing that audio of the Max Headroom <laughs> on my on my show and you Do went... Do not like you, it. And you don't like that. Could you imagine if I played the Unsolved Mysteries and the Max Headroom sound? You would, your well, head would explode. Oh, come on. No but thanks. the D.B. Cooper, Cooper thing, I remember... Um, you know, it happened in 71. So I remember as a kid, everybody talking about it when I was when I was a young kid. Yeah. And then they made a movie out of it. Did you know that, Esmeralda? I did not. It's called The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper from mm. 80 or 81. I was in high school when it came out. It's actually a really mm. uh, a really fun movie starring the great Treat Williams, uh, who is one how, of my so favorite. So how do they even... Well, it's all, you know, it was all just... Hearsay and... Yeah, yeah. It was all made okay. up. But it was it was just it was I can't remember who wrote it, but it was Treat Williams. Uh, I want to say Fred Ward was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine Harold, I think, was the female lead. Maybe you can look it up. It's called The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper. I want to say it was 81 or 82. Um, but it was a very entertaining movie. Uh, two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it showed uh, 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 Treat Williams played, you know, the D.B. Cooper character mm-hmm. and they showed him do the robbery and jump out of the plane. And then what ha- and what they think or they, you know, theorized happened to him in a light, funny PG kind of way. You know what I mean? Oh, OK. <laughs> so it's not dark at <laughs> How all. Did they... you... 
so according to that movie, I'm curious, how did they get him uh parachutes and the money? Um he asked for the parachutes. Yeah, but like how did they get into the plane? I don't remember. I haven't seen the movie in years. Um but I remember they were it was part of his he he I guess he held people hostage or something. Right, but you know what and, I mean? Like is the plane in the the plane's in the air. Oh wait. Yeah. The plane was in the air because he jumps out of the plane. Right, but I believe so uh, if I'm looking at this I'm looking at the Wikipedia and if it's correct, I believe they landed. Yeah, they landed. Oh, no, no, they did. No, no, no. He jumped out while the plane was in air, but the plane did land. No, I know, but that's insane to me that it landed. The passengers were released. Yes. And they got back up in the air and nobody did. Like, I thought there was, I thought the passengers and everything were still in there and he just jumped out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is really wow. Uh, well, if you uh, see the if you if you you know the movie obviously is like, you know, it's speculative completely. You know, because nobody right. really knows. Uh, nobody really ever found the guy, and then somebody pretended to be him uh, in real life at some point. I can't remember what it was, and then they made another movie where somebody pretended to be DB Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the main one is the is the Treat Williams. God, I can't remember who else was in. Did, can you did you look it up? Yes, it's uh, Treat Williams. Who direct? Does it say who directed it? It was. I'm trying to remember. Said Ted. Cox Roger is- Spottiswood. R- Roger Spottiswood, director of uh, North Dallas 40, and uh, uh, and some other really, uh, really good films. And it was Treat Williams with Catherine Harold. I want to say was it Catherine Harold? Yes. It? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is Fred Ward in it, or am I? Uh, am I remembering? He I- is. No, no, not at least not the. No, you would. He would be. He would. No, he would be in the top. Like five. Like who? Who else is listed uh, as Ed Flanders? Okay, from Gleason. Paul Gleason, the late great Paul. You know Paul Gleason is right. Uh, he's he's the teacher in uh, Breakfast Club. Two months. Oh, okay, yeah. Got you. Two months, buddy. He's Beaks in uh, Trading Places when he's on the payphone and the woman comes up and he goes, "Fuck off." To the woman that's 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 Paul. Um, R. G. Armstrong. Oh, legendary R. G. R. G. Legendary. Uh, Dorothy Fielding. Okay, now we're getting into. Now you. Now we're getting into the deep cuts. Into people. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's a, it was an entertaining um, movie, and 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 Esmeralda, I know you find it creepy and stuff, but the movie is anything but creepy. It was kind of like, yeah. hey, what if D. B. Cooper were a fun guy played by Treat Williams? You know that. that I mean, I find it. The the police officials in the FBI really uh, they messed this up. Well, that's pretty Just much like I, it landed. Yeah, and they still didn't get him. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow. So, they yeah, let no, him go back in the air. That's what I'm like amazed by. Did he have a gun? I, <laughs> you know, he did. If I remember, if I remember correctly, he did. Oh I mean, he my did. God. He 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 kept the passengers hostage in some regard. So right, and then but then he released them. He did, and then he flew off, and then they jumped out, and nobody ever found him again. He got away with all the. This money. just it just that's funny to me. He became sort of an underground hero to a lot of people. Like, yeah, I mean, this is pretty. You're like, sticking your nose up at and sticking it to the man. Sticking it to the man. Yeah, because usually these things, I mean, at least in the movies, they never work. Yeah. You know, got people away with want it. planes and this and that and the money, and then it never happens, and they just that get good shot. Old, good old D.B. Cooper got away with it. 
Wow, maybe I'm. Yeah. You know what? This is actually. Uh, I'm not as uh, creeped out by it. No, now you're kind of impressed. Hey, this guy's all right. Oh no, I'm like, wow. <laughs> this DB Cooper guy's okay. <laughs> also, uh, in the Wikipedia, they have the the composite, the FBI composite sketches in color. He looks like every every yeah. white man sure. I've ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, Esmeralda. <laughs> like, of course he got away. Like, who, well, yeah. how are they going to find that guy? Well, I mean, look at look at look at the picture of Treat Williams. I mean, that's a, <laughs> when you cast Treat Williams, especially early '80s Treat Williams. Yeah, you know, you could be like, by did the way, Treat Williams do it? This is, it, and by the way, this <laughs> this seems to be a recurring theme on our episode because uh, Treat Williams uh, has been talked about uh, earlier with uh, Dan because um, uh, we own the city from the from the creator of The Wire uh, is premiering uh, this week on HBO. Mm. Uh, and Treat Williams is like uh, one of the major characters in it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so. it's on. Uh, by the way, it's on Tubi. The the pursuit, pursuit of DB Cooper? Cooper. Is it really? So I, we might. We, yeah, we might watch it. Yeah. For some reason I, we've been watching uh, Tubi lately. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've not seen the Tubi, but I but I know that they have a lot of they have a lot of uh, a lot of content though. But I don't know. I can't vouch for its quality, Esmeralda. I remember. Look, right. I saw I saw it when I was sixteen or seventeen, whenever it came out. Yeah. Eighty one or eighty two. And I remember enjoying it then, and then it would pop up on cable periodically. And it's one of those movies that, yeah. like, one o'clock in the morning on cable, you're like, "Oh yeah, Treat Williams, I like him, and I like this." Oh wow, the the movie um, poster is so like it just seems very lighthearted. Let me see. Let me see if I can remember the poster. Okay, let's see if I can describe it. Okay, is it him like uh, jumping out of the plane with goggles and uh, uh, the parachute with his thumb up, smiling? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> and then it's cartoon. Right. So it makes it even, it's a drawing of it. So it makes it even more lighthearted. Right. right. And then there's money flying out from right. behind Right, that's it. There's him. money flying out behind well, I got to watch. It's on the Tubi? I, need, I think I need to yeah. watch The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper. Oh, I think so I need to do that. So the tagline. Yeah, what is it? The tagline. Who says you can't take it with you? <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the fact that this episode has been almost partially dedicated to the fine work of Treat Williams. I uh <laughs> I love that. Um he was in a fantastic movie which of course was mentioned and by the way, not that I'm going to record with Dan in about 45 minutes and that mm-hmm. I'm speculating what we're going to what but it already happened. You know, if you're listening yes. to this podcast in order, I just talked to Dan before I talked to you. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah, but I have I have yes, a feeling I, I have a feeling that we're going to talk about Treat Williams or that we did mm-hmm. sorry that we did talk about Treat Williams and that Your, Prince of the- um it's oh no it's not okay never mind what happened I was going to say it's a uh, what is it called when you make your destiny happen happen pre pre no predetermined pre no there's a word like if you're 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 like oh this is going to happen inevitable and it hasn't happened yet inevitability oh i can't remember <clears throat> listeners what is that word right yeah 773-417-6948 or nickdpodcast at gmail.com it's, so it's when like it hasn't nothing has happened yet but you essentially will it you will it's it something happen. like that but i can't remember predestination but you essentially have willed it into happening um because you keep like it's uh talking about it it's listeners uh, Listeners. Let us know. Subscribers, let us know. <laughs> um, 
Okay, but anyway, Treat Williams. Uh, let's mention Treat Williams about fifty more times during yep. the course of this of this podcast. Is he in All other? Right. Is he in any other movies that have turned in that were unsolved mysteries? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. He's been a ton in a ton of stuff. Treat Williams. He was in Hair. I don't know if that's a the musical Hair. No, that is not an unsolved mystery. Okay, it's not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, he was on. Uh, oh, Treat Williams was on one of those WB shows. Oh mm. shit! Which one was he on? Oh, I was about to look up Treat Williams for me real quick. It's going to make me nuts. But he was on one of those shows that I should like, that the 15-year-old girl and me, he was on one right. of them. Not Dawson's Creek. Was he Creek. like a dad or something? Yes, yes. Oh, uh, shit. What was... Oh, damn it. Uh, this is when I like... This is this is when I long for having the phone lines open up. You know what I mean? When we were on Yeah, GN. and then someone would tell you, yeah. Immediately tell me, what was the Treat Williams? He was People on... Are... He was on one of those, one of those WB shows. Is it from, in the nineties? No, yeah, late nineties aughts. In the aughts, I want to okay. say it was, might have been uh, mm. like it's very Dawson's Creekish. It was, uh, it's in Let's that vein, see. and he was like the dad or something on it. Shit, and I used to watch it, and I can't remember it. But Treat Williams uh, was on it. Let's see. There's Everwood. That's it. Oh, Everwood. Right. That's it. Everwood. Yes. Everwood. Yes, he was on Everwood, which was I one mean, of those. Oh, t- those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, she's she was that girl from that movie. You gotta be a little more specific. You gotta be a little more. No, it stars um Emily Van Camp. She was in that uh, Revenge show. Oh right, yeah, Revenge. On ABC. Yeah. So. And then she was in uh, uh, one of the Captain Americas, apparently. Okay. Or no, she's been in a couple. All right. Well, anyway, I remember that. I remember. Uh, Treat Williams being in that. Yeah, she's the so. little girl. She's the daughter. Oh, okay. Never would. All right. Oh wait. Okay. I, I think we can uh, we can do another one of the. Wait. Let's. You know. Now that it's all lighthearted, let's do this. Yep. Yep. Well, you fixed it. There we go. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Here comes Robert Stack right now. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, this next story is actually going to tie in with something uh, that is coming soon that I'm going to be I'm going to be doing. Oh, okay. All right. So it is the story is who is Casper Hauser? Uh, Casper Hauser, the boy was found wandering in Nuremberg, uh, Germany, in 1828, uneducated mm-hmm. and acting very strangely, but amazingly, soon learned to read and write. He claimed he had grown up locked in a room. Um, is he some secret royal heir, everyone wondered, and his mystery grew even bigger when he was murdered in 1833. Now, uh, so this is a very fascinating story. This is a very fascinating story. Now, well, Suzanne Vega wrote a song called Wooden Horse, which is about Casper Hauser, the legend. And I'm going to see Suzanne Vega and hanging out with her on Monday night. Um, and then you can talk to her about Casper House. Well, I have. I actually have in the, in the past because this song is like 30-something years old because it's from mm-hmm. Solitude Standing. So it's, uh, you know, from her second album. But yeah, Casper Hauser. And the reason why she wrote it was because she saw the movie that's based on Casper Hauser. Um, and it was made by Werner Herzog, the insane, great, crazy Whoa. filmmaker Werner Herzog. Um, and it was called The Mystery of Casper Hauser. And it was about this kid who just shows up and he had like a little wooden horse. And uh, nobody knew where he came from. Nobody knew what happened. 
He learned to read or write at, a, at an alarming rate, and then he was murdered, and nobody knew, you know, whether he was locked in a room or what. You know, he he couldn't speak. He couldn't. It was just he acted really weirdly. He could speak, but not very well. And so this mystery. So Werner Herzog made a movie in the seventies mm-hmm. about it, and uh, Suzanne Vegas saw it when she was in college. And as you're, you know, as you're wont to do when you're in college, you watch Werner Herzog movies. That's what you do. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she wrote a song about it called Wooden Horse, which is a great song. But yeah, well, that's apparently- still that's still unsolved. What, now, what did you find out about this mystery? Well, according to the plot of the movie, I don't know if uh, this is the actual thing, but he was physically attacked by the same unknown man who brought him to Nuremberg. That seems to be what I, I haven't seen the film in years. Um but yeah, that seems to, that no. sounds right. No, I don't know if I mean I'm assuming that would be the story. Yeah, and it was he was murdered in 1833, but nobody knew the whole backstory. You know what I mean? Like nobody's where did this guy come? Where did this kid come from? What's he doing? Yeah, he and, was a 16 year old boy. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they this. found him. He had a wooden horse, and nobody knew what happened to the kid before he suddenly appeared and then was murdered. And so nobody really solved it. Interesting. But Suzanne Vega wrote a, a great song, Wooden Horse, beautiful song. Um, and I'm, hopefully, maybe she'll play it Monday. Or Sunday, I'm sorry. Sunday and Monday. I'm sorry, I'm going to both shows. Sunday and, <laughs> Sunday and Monday. <laughs> One of those days. One of those days. Wow, this isn't, so. I mean, weird. It is weird. But, then, is also, weird. but then also, it's just like, um, you know, it's 1828 Right. People don't really talk to each other. <laughs> like right. There was no internet. Really, there was no internet. He couldn't post on Facebook. Really, what? Yeah, and you can't really talk to too many people. Like, I'm sure they didn't really, you know, the, the scope of, of how far he could have come from or whatever. Nobody yeah. was like, oh, we're yeah. going to go ask everybody around this area. Right. Nah. Yeah. You can't post anything on Twitter because Elon Musk didn't buy the town yet. So, uh, <laughs> so. well, that one is, uh-oh, wait a minute now. Oh boy. Oh. So <laughs> But then what a what a yeah. bummer. He just he gets murdered. He got murdered, yeah. A lot of like, these are just bummer. bummers. It is a it is a bummer. I'm just uh, thinking like you're you're chained up or whatever for so many years. You get out and then you just get murdered a few I know. Sometime it's, later. It's like dang. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what? You know, these, have been, win. These, these have been pretty depressing. You know what we need? I think we need a joke, Esmeralda. Oh, yes. Okay. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. So, uh, you, are you ready for uh, for a joke, as mm-hmm. from my dad? Because yeah, yeah. I think after all of these Always. crazy, scary, unsolved mysteries, and I freaked you out so many times by playing that damn theme, one yeah. of the greatest TV themes of all I time. I would like oh. something humorous. Okay, well. All right. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, Wait. and I no. love oh, no. Nick's no. show. Get, you got to get out of the way. Still there. My dad, no, my dad pushed her out of the way. Okay, you're right. Okay. All right, here we go. I played poker with an origami expert last night. It was a waste of time. He kept folding. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
get it? Because they fold. Very good. Yeah. You fold. Origami, they, yeah. Yeah, when you you do (laughs) that. And in poker. Yeah. Yeah. You fold it. That was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. (laughs) He'll do it again next next Thursday. Okay, thanks, Dad. I'm Carrie Russell. All right. I love Nick's show. All right. She was just like right there. She's always right there at the door. I just this bit is just if I ever get her on the show, she's she's never gonna do my show now. She's no, like, aren't you the, like we heard that bit you did? Aren't you the weird. asshole that claims to have Carrie Russell on your back porch just standing there twenty four seven? She's just hanging out. She likes to hang out. I'm a dick. All right. Uh all right, well that was a fun joke, right? Yeah. A little origami. You can, can't do bad with origami. Of course not. Hey, we got to some do crazy a double thing. A of double words of. Wh- so it's not an entendre because that's. Oh, I see. Or is it? No, is it folding? Origami? No, it's word. Is it word you're play? Folding. Just word play. I guess. I don't know. Word play. We enjoy word play. Yes, that's <laughs> this is good word play right here. I think I broke my ass. Yes. Um. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, we've got some crazy science facts, uh, Esmeralda, that you were, that you found. We have many of those. I think the next time we get together, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Crazy yeah, for sure. science facts. Esmeralda, thank you. You rule the planet. You know that. Oh, thank um, you. And you're awesome. Always fun to talk to you. And you rule, too, so be a part of the Nick D Podcast. Voicemail message at 773-417-6948. Drop us an email anytime you want. We'll read them. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. And what was that word? Predestination? Something like that? We're looking for that word, right? That you were trying to think of? Predetermined, predetermined destiny. I forget. Okay. But yeah. Somebody will know. Uh, my thanks to Jason Skaggs for all the great uh, uh, themes and cool stuff. My thanks to Dan Feinberg uh, for all his uh, stuff uh, talking about uh, TV. Rate and review us on any platform. Check out RadioMisfits.com. It's the Nick D Podcast. So many great podcasts available on this network. So please check it out. Rate and review us and uh, share and all that cool stuff. So we will talk to you uh, on uh, Friday when uh, Eric and Steve will join me for movie reviews and uh, as well the Chicago uh, Film Critic Festival nice. uh, uh, launches at the Music Box in May, uh, coming Ooh. up in May. And we have a full schedule that we'll talk about, including the 25th anniversary screening, Esmeralda, in 35mm mm-hmm. of, Bo- of Boogie Nights. Oh. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. And more. Okay, Esmeralda, thank you. And thanks, everybody else, uh, for listening. And we will uh, talk to you next time right here on the Nick D Podcast. Mm-hmm.